rolling. I don't think I, well, I also don't think I could ever, I would never match with someone 18 or 19 on Tinder because I'm worried that they're not actually 18 or 19. Like, mm-hmm. you think they're a cop? Well, no, like, um, how are there not a, like a bunch of like 16 year olds on? Like, if you were in high school, wouldn't everyone have a Tinder account secretly? Hmm. And lie, just, you could just lie that you're 18, right? Yeah, that seems like a problem. It seems like a right. bad, it's it, bad for everybody. That, I just, that has to be happening. So if someone's 18 or 19, I'm like, there's no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to risk that. Cause like you could totally be 16 and look like you're 20. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not. And also like. I don't want to, I don't, I'm out. I mean like 18 year olds are already pretty dumb and you just like, think about how you yeah. were at 18. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think there's and just how that, I was at eight. That's that, very stupid. That big 18 to 25 brain development shit going on. Do you, do you remember if anybody was dating somebody who's like in college? Oh, <laughs> oh man. So like, no. you know, you were, you were a junior, you were like 17 or you were 16 and you're, you're like your friend, she's dating a college sophomore. <laughs> no, that never, I, at least, I mean, granted, I mainly hung out with dudes. Uh, and I feel like dudes are more common to go below over, over. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that. Maybe it, not all dudes would do that if it was more acceptable. I think it's considered like well, a little, it was also like in high school specifically, and I think it makes more sense in the context. But like going a year of a, a year difference feels huge. Oh yeah, like it's massive. Someone, if I, you were a junior dating a sophomore, it felt like it really felt like a big difference in age. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I even at had, least to me, there there was a. I briefly, very briefly, dated. A girl who was in the class below mine, just a year younger. And even that, I was like, I can't do it. I can't. Do- <laughs> Anyways, I asked that because I do remember in high school, a friend of mine, she was dating a, a guy who's in college and we were all intimidated by it. It was just like, wow, this guy's so mature. He's out. Of, he's in college. He's that's, like I mean, that's technically student. would be illegal, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the thing in hindsight where it's just yeah. like, oh, that. No, that's not cool. Is it if you were an eighteen-year-old dating a seventeen-year-old? Is that technically illegal? Do you get is that? Do you get a little more of a slap to the wrist in is that it, scenario? Isn't this now we're getting into like depends on the laws in your state territory? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, hey, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Here we go. Uh, not, now you're playing with podcast. The podcast we go through. Uh, believe it or not, is anyone in tune with their state laws like is that a thing that i feel like i just don't ever pay attention to that it's probably a good thing yeah like if you very specifically know what the the age of consent is in your state <laughs> okay all right let's 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 let's, let's pivot uh, uh, what, what we here. normally do and we're not going to do it this episode we're just going to talk about dating minors but uh normally we go through old uh Old issues of Nintendo Power Magazine. <laughs> yeah, spe- speaking uh, speaking of age difference, the, yeah, uh, we we go through a magazine ostensibly uh, for children yeah, from the nineties. We're, we're uh, in the world of nineteen ninety one. 
uh, uh, <laughs> Nintendo Power. Yeah. Okay. Now we play. We should. We should. We should. We should dive into this. Uh, okay. 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 Because uh, uh, we got we got a banger of an issue. We, we, Do we? I don't know. Not, I, I would say the Battletoads comic is a banger. Okay, we but, have one an issue with one great part. But everything else is, I, I don't remember. The cover. Oh, I'm, I'm Weston, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Brett. And we, yeah, we go through the Nintendo power. <laughs> How long have we been recording? We've uh, now completed four and a half minutes and we have completed saying what the show is. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's a slow roll. We're, we're on volume 24. We're in the May 1991. Uh, oh, my God. 1991. Uh, the, and it, the cover is Vice Project Doom. Yeah. I mean, these covers have been really... This cover slaps. I think this cover looks awesome. Really? Well, I, I get it. Because you like that... Every, our past couple covers have been all this just generic vaporwave. Yeah, aesthetic. you're right. It's, it's like generic neon 80s nonsense. Yeah, every... every uh, uh, Cover has been vaporwave. And- the, the, these electronic binoculars have like a screen on one of the barrels, and then also on the bridge, <laughs> and then they have target crosshairs. Yeah, I don't fully understand it. I this guy's also only got three fingers to it. Oh, maybe he's an alien because that's oh. like the plot of Vice Project. Oh yeah, Doom. he's for sure an alien. Yeah, uh, and if you're and vapor- he's watching the the hero character is the guy in this ladder in the background. Sorry, it, what were you gonna say? It's vaporwave normally tied to like sci-fi and like aliens and shit. Well, it's got the right. vaporwave is kind of a '80s pastiche thing, right? Kind of a modern, yeah, throwback. Uh, so I think what you're getting is like that uh, Miami Vice neon, neon, uh, black rain '80s movies, you know. <laughs> so, sort of, yeah, I guess. Uh, Vice Project Doom. Uh, uh, do you know? Do you know what this game is? I remember. So I have a theory. I was saving this for later, uh, but I'm pretty sure I read this issue at my local library in 1991 <laughs> or 1992 because I remember the stuff with the Rocketeer. Uh, as a spoiler, the Rocketeer is a featured NES game in here. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I remember Vice Project Doom. I was so enamored of Vice Project Doom for some reason because it had a story. And it's because of the vaporwave. Come on. Yeah, I, as a little kid, I uh, used to DJ on uh, Thursday nights <laughs> at the community at the- center <laughs> next to the swimming pool. Oh, wait, really? No. Okay. <laughs> as a hip little kid, I had a convertible. Yeah, uh, um, an earring. Yeah, yeah, and sunglasses and a t-shirt that said totally rad. That would have been cool. You would have you been cool. Uh, you know what's cool? You, you were able to uh, rent Nintendo Power magazines at the library. You really, yeah, hacked that was, it. you really hacked it. This is, a, I'd completely forgotten that. This is like a deep cut, like, came back to me while looking at this issue. Yeah, I figured out at one point in my high, in my middle school uh, that you could rent out comic books at the library and get, uh, did you have like a point system ever for reading? Did you ever do like the AR reading system? Oh, yeah, there was, uh, is that like the book club that Pizza Hut does? No, 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 it's like, it's like a required thing where like uh, in reading class. Uh, you would like get like a set number of points you need to get. Otherwise you just fail that. You just like fail the class. Uh, it's like a college course for children. Yeah. And like you have to um, get a certain amount of points in each book, depending on like how long and difficult it is, is assigned a certain amount of points. And after you read the book, you have to like take a test on the book would they let to you prove th- that you read it. Wait, what grade was this that you did this? Uh, through sixth 
grade, uh, or it might have been all through eighth. It might have been all of middle. Uh, it might have been elementary through middle school. Did anybody ever try to get points for reading like a Stephen King novel? Um, probably. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You, that, I mean, you could, yeah. You I could was re- definitely reading Stephen King in like junior high. You could re- Oh, I had like my, that's reading is my like dump stat. It's my zero. It's my, um, so you say you can't read. Yeah, really? Honestly, I think I might actually like have a, have a problem with reading. Uh, uh, it's like luck or charisma. Cause like you put all your points into those instead yeah, of co- reading, reading at zero for me. Like I would, I think I had like, I was always reading a couple levels below and like uh, it got to the point where they're like, I'd get, I just had to read like one tiny book <laughs> throughout the whole year and I would win and I just still wouldn't get it. <laughs> I, I loved reading unless they assigned the book. They're like, you, if they, if See, they said I, you have to read this, I'm like, hell no. My theory is I think, I think school just ruined books for me. Yeah. Uh, by making it like this point system that you were assigned to. You know what I despised? Um, and I realized there's a magazine to get into, but you know, <laughs> like we'll get to it. Just hang on. Uh, it, we're, we're, we're on topic. I remember reading like Great Expectations, which was probably the one book that was assigned that I actually enjoyed. Yeah. Because it's like a cool soap opera and it's got kind I, of a structure like a modern I don't like, even know what that movie is. or TV show. Uh, Charles Dickens. It's a. Uh, okay. It's like it's hey, you a, look. You're talking to a fourth grade reader here. That's, that's right. You, <laughs> you still haven't gotten to the year where they assign. <laughs> I'm still cracking at the Great Gatsby. Well, so I remember having you know I was reading this book and it's like uh, you know I don't understand what theme is. I'm a freshman in high school, yeah. but like you know the teacher would say, "What do you think this part is about?" And I would just throw something out there that was my honest guess, and she would just tell me I was wrong. Oh. She was like, you know, it was like an English teacher that's not really interested. just interested in us regurgitating what the lesson plan says about what the book means. You know, uh, could I share a funny thing that I figured out in computer classes? Okay. uh, Whenever I figured out, whenever the teacher asked me what I, what the the answer, like he would ask me, he would ask a student, like what's, what's the answer to this like computer? I don't remember the computer problem was, but I remember just, I figured out every time I could just say, well, it's actually just a simple formula. And he would go, yes, it is. It's actually pretty simple. (laughs) And he would go into it and I would have no idea what he was talking about. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you you just had a button you could push to get him to start giving you the answer. And he would start ranting about, yeah, it actually is a very simple formula. You just do this and that. If, uh, if I was cursed with the hell that would be having to, you know, take my current level of experience and, you know, my, my current brain and go back to like junior high, because that sounds really terrible because that's just years of, but if I had to do it, one thing that I would absolutely do is I had a teacher, is a science teacher who's obsessed with telling us about starting our own municipal utility districts. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, so a MUD provides the utilities for neighborhoods and businesses in a specific area. Yeah. So if you show up and, and are the first person to set up a mud and then the area gets developed, you make a ton of money. <laughs> so he would just constantly tell us about, he's like, what you really need to do is find an area where you think it's going to be developed in 10 years and start a mud there. And we're just like, what? <laughs> That's so funny. In between like a lesson about different types of rocks. <laughs> he should have been doing it yeah. instead of talking about it. Yeah, so you know, if I went back, I'd just be like, "Hey, so if you're gonna start you, you a utility district, what, what what's the first step?" Do you like, think you would have challenged him? Do you think you do you think he knew what he was talking about, or do you think he was just talking out of his ass and you would have challenged him on it? I'm like ninety percent sure that he was upset that he had he had a chance to do it and didn't do it, <laughs> and now he's now he's sad about it. <laughs> That's good stuff.
All right, yeah, let's crack this baby open. Mailbox. The mailbox. It's the mailbox. Uh, look at all this Mega Man 3 art. Yeah. Um, I actually, the, my main thing is uh, just a kid used the phrase most excellent. And is that automatically a Bill and Ted reference? Like, can you say most excellent and then not be quoting Bill and Ted? I think nowadays you have to, but maybe at the time that was a, you know, like people actually said tubular. Okay. In See, a certain I, I, era. I wasn't sure if, um, people were just saying that and that's what these Bill and Ted had already come out. Like this is, uh, it's true. Uh, in fact, it actually has a feature in this, in this magazine. Alex winter. Uh, <laughs> so, it's so awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you, people were pre Bill and Ted saying like most excellent that that was all like actual rhetoric. Yeah. That was like or, the, uh, no, that's right. Word. It's like there, I read this thing. This is going to be full of anecdotes and <laughs> strange. Apparently there was a, bit of research that people who study dialects uh, did recently that found that as mass media has spread, certain accents have become less popular because we're hearing all the accents we want to have. So for example, Mm -hmm. maybe a Long Island accent is not as desirable as a Southern California fry. So, okay. uh, so I think that like that totally excellent, like that California thing was everywhere in the 80s and 90s. Oh, is tubular and stuff like this, is that be considered California? Yeah, it's like surfer slang. Oh, heck yeah. Okay, I'm in for that. Because like that was, as a kid, if I wanted any accent. Bro, catch a wave, bro. Like, yeah, if I, if I wanted any accent, it would be to be Bill and Ted-ish. Yeah. Would be, would be my preference. Yeah, there's a co- couple of like stoner burnout rocker dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Party on, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's, uh, so yeah, you know, like growing up in Texas, I actually didn't have much of a Texas twang because I watch TV. And, and you had, wanted to sound like the TV people. Yeah, and I've got, like gone to other countries, and the English seem to think I'm from California, which I am. So there you hey, go. Hey, there you go. Boom. I don't know what else there is. Oh, so there's this feature on this kid who uses uh, clay to make yes. figurines. And I thought it was cool. Also, the pictures make him look like a hoarder. Yes. <laughs> you had the same thought? I will... I a little bit. So yeah, it does seem like um, this is Josh Foreman in Alaska. Well, I mean, I actually understood because he lives. Uh, he lives in Alaska. Yeah, if he goes outside, he'll so die. He can't go outside. And he also yeah. not only lives in Alaska, he lives in the North Pole. He lives oh in a God. city called North Pole, which I looked up. Is it in the North Pole? No, but it's just called. <laughs> yeah, no, it was in Alaska, uh, and they that whole city is just fucking freezing all the time, and everything is 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 has the has Christmas aesthetic. Like literally. Oh, that's so weird. I know. So I understand why a kid would want to stay in his house and just build clay creatures. Like literally I looked it up and like a bunch of like street lamps are just candy canes. (laughs) (laughs) You think it would get old, right? I know. Well, like I think it's because it's like a tourist destination. So they kind of have to put up this front of, Hey, we're Christmas all the time. Right. And there's like, uh, um, like Santa conventions there and shit like that. Uh, mm. So it is kind of like, it would be like living in Disney World. Yeah, um, yeah. Much think, like Disney World paints a picture that Florida is not sinking into the ocean, even though it very clearly is. <laughs> it's yeah. the same idea. <laughs> and they, they point out the specific kind of uh, clay that he uses. Yeah, it was interesting. Cernet. He had it imported from Germany. Cernet? It's German clay. German clay. What it, is imported from Germany? Is, is that just 
like if I go to a store and buy clay, it's probably like it's imported from somewhere. It I makes mean, it seem way cooler than I think it is. I, I feel like German stuff. There's like a quality. At, I mean, you know, like the native instrument stuff over there. I actually, I could Those buy are that. German. Yeah, it's not like it's not like made in like a, a by children. <laughs> Designed and built in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got a it's got a cachet. I is, feel that, like, is that actually a thing? Is there is there like is there known for like uh, German has like integrity and in like their building? Yeah, they, their engineering is generally regarded as like really nice. There's a couple huh. other companies besides Native Instruments that are German. Heckler and Kosh. I've been reading too much Twitter. Uh, that's a, that's a gun company. <laughs> in, they, in they make my, rifles. In my head, it just America just makes jeeps. Yep, we make Jeeps. We also make guns, uh, and that's pretty much it. And we make uh, uh, leather boots. So if you want a really nice pair of boots, you can get some uh, some uh, Allen Edmonds. Some, I'm in for that. Some Red Wings. Actually, I, would you ever do you wear boots ever? Uh, I have some. I don't wear them very much. Yeah, I mean, you lived in Texas, so you must have been. Oh, it's not. They're not cowboy boots. They're just regular. They're just, it's regular boots. boots. I've got some hiking boots, and I have some non-hiking boots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here at, let's see. Okay. Hey, we, we go. got like 12 pages of Vice Project. Gym. Yeah, they really, really, really thrown in the face. I This game is not great. Like, it's okay. Yeah, I it's mean, it's middling. Again, and like, I don't feel like I can really speak on this shit since I, you know, um, it's, I feel like until we get into the Super Nintendo, I feel like I'm reading just like a country magazine about this, country music and I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. I, this, this one seems exactly like all the other ones. This game is a mix of levels. Some of which are like, uh, spy hunter. Yeah. And it, then, uh, Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden. Yes. If you're feeling that kind feeling of aesthetic. nasty or, and then there's some first person shooter stuff like, uh, that Punisher NES game, I guess. And yeah. And there's an incredible like Ninja Gaiden style story full of cutscenes, and it's totally insane. Like, I, I didn't actually know. I remember there being a story and like, you know, the characters got friends who were killed as part of the story. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this is some real shit. Yeah. So you were like, you were just getting pretty jazzed that like, uh, there's just like story was kind of a hot feature in games. Yeah. And I, I was too young to know that. And I, I thought this, would you try to read it? Like the story, like I feel like in any NES game that I would play, it'd be like you would start to be a big dragon and text would slowly roll at one mile per hour. And it would be like the Grand King lost his Christ-, which that, I would that's ne- pretty much like I would never read that. Would you? Uh, sometimes I would. I guess that's all you had at the at the moment. That That's very much that's, the best. That's exactly why I responded to Vice Project Doom. Also, <laughs> it's it's also got a very kind of 80s cyberpunky um, anime vibe to it. Well, I mean, yeah, there's like, and there's a little bit of cartoon. Like, there's a guy named Ratman, and he's just a yeah, that's a boss, a, a muscular Ratman. Most importantly, if you read the Vice file on that stage, our our main character says there was only one person in the city who had access to gel. That's <laughs> capitalized in its most pure and dangerous form. He called himself the Ratman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's kind of awesome. So yeah, I, vi, police Vice squads would like go after pornography and narcotics and stuff. Like that's what vice is. So I was thinking about that. I was like, but this game is not, this is like a future action game, but it turns out it's about an evil pharmaceutical company making alien goo. Making gel. So it's literally, (laughs) the title is accurate. (laughs) Yeah, it's like an anti-narcotic. There is a boss here named Kim Ron, which feels like, 
feels like a stereotype, but is also, uh, you know, an homage to the main characters in Kim Possible. Is that like problem? Like in these games, like, do you just like fight? Like, are you just fighting like gangsters who sell drugs? Or are you selling? Are you just like, for, I've got like this weird memory of like, I feel like you're just, you're just like fucking mass slaying addicts. On the street. That was that uh, that game Narc. <laughs> yeah. Right? It feels, in hindsight, you're just like, oh my, are the, uh, remember the, that game The Division or The Division 2 is out now? I, I, I played Narc, so I, 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 but I, I've never played The Division games. So in The Division, one of the enemy, ra- in a, not enemy, ra- I'm, I'm doing the Destiny thing because it's the same type of live game, but yeah. like one of the enemy groups, because they're all human, are um, the Rikers, which is just, escaped prisoners in like a <laughs> apocalyptic New York. So it's just like, it's a little bleak. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, it's and like, it also just gets in that whole thing of like, you know, like, uh, you know, like if you play like dragon quest and you're killing little happy slime guys, like, you know, it's like that slime was just going to work. Yeah. So it's whether or not you're like wanting, actually speaking of Elden Ring, I kind of feel that in Elden Ring in some moments, like we were talking about Elden Ring for 40 minutes yeah, before we started recording. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah, those guys that are mining and stuff. Yeah, like there's moments where I'm like, that guy was just behind his own business, and I just fucking slayed him. Uh, and it's weird because, like, uh, obviously that whole like archetype is getting a little hit a little over the head. Like the whole Undertale, like these are actually people with feelings. But like it's kind of overdone at this point. But it is kind of sticks with you. I think at this point, since so many games have done it, I do start to feel bad about the people I slay in games. Yeah, well, you don't have to feel that with Vice Project Doom because they're aliens and they're they aliens. are evil. <laughs> they're trying to sell gel. Yeah, so your your policeman and his violence is completely justified. That's even the, <laughs> even the first level of, of Vice Project Doom. You're just on a highway, and I'm pretty sure not all the cars are bad, but you can kill all of them. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got on this section. I, w- I would actually love to see. Uh, like a YouTube essay of propaganda in video games. Like I would do one. Yeah, narc feels like war on drugs. Yeah, propaganda. I do like wonder, hardcore. Um, I, I would, I would, wouldn't be surprised if some of this, some of these games were like, kind of were propaganda y. The only thing that came to mind has nothing to do with that. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Agreed. Uh, but I, I, I don't have an example. Okay. Here we all go. Right, are you ready? And Yikes. Oh my God. So uh, this is a Monopoly themed Howard and Nestor. And this and is uh, also worth noting the second to last issue. Second to last. Oh, of the, Our you next, looked it up? The next Howard and Nestor is the finale. So this is. And then it's just Nestor's adventures. I don't know what happens after. Oh, yeah, they, I, no, I, I they, spoiled you know it for it you. It is just Nestor's adventure. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I totally spoiled that for you. Uh, yeah, they're they're doing... Doing some peak capitalism. They're playing Monopoly. And it's, uh, it's weird because like we started to see Howard and Nestor like become or do should we actually just do the, the, the general outline of the story first? We should. And before we jump in, I got I think there's a different artist on this one. I think it's a Western artist. I don't think it's the super rad kind of manga style. Well, yeah, last issue, Nestor was like full on an adult. Yes. Uh, and now he's now he's a child again. So I don't know if I don't know if that was the future. And we're like these little final two issues we're building building up to a future where he has no memory and he killed a guy. I think it's like the modern Star Trek shows where it's just like, we're just going to keep recasting people as these characters. We're on like yeah. Kirk number four, Spock <laughs> number three. We're just going to keep doing it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah so, so so they're playing like ha- Howard lets Nestor out of jail and 
uh, Nestor bid, bids on the last railroad so Howard won't get it, and he bids like way over. Yeah, so like, yeah, Nestor, they're doing, they're, they're playing Monopoly, classic Monopoly rules. And you know, the big part about Monopoly is like cutting deals. Yeah. And Nestor is just, uh, he doesn't know how to cut a deal. So yeah. he's like, oh, way overpaying for shit uh, that he doesn't even need. Yeah, it, he, it's he, really, he spends all of his money on a railroad. That way, Howard doesn't get a monopoly on it. Yeah, and then Howard is able to buy something Nestor needs for $14, and then Nestor gets arrested for littering. <laughs> uh, and gets sent to jail. Yeah, so it's... Uh, and, and then he gives everything away to Howard, even though he gets out of jail for free later. <laughs> yeah, like, and Howard pretty much, like, lies to him. Like H- says, Howard fucks him. Howard plays Monopoly How- like I do. Howard is goddamn ruthless, like, which is, you know, in, in line with how Howard is. But Howard, like, pretty much, like, lies to him, like, hey, the only way out of this jail, which is not true, is my get-out-of-jail-free card. You have to give me everything you have. Howard is basically Daniel Day-Lewis and there will be blood in this comic. Honest to God. Like, like uh, the, the thing we don't see at the end is when he kills Nestor with a bowling pin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or or Nestor might be the like his little kid that he leaves he abandons on a train. Um That's right, the the son who's uh is he I think he's deaf. Yeah, he's deaf and then the <laughs> Yeah, so so one of those things happens. <laughs> maybe, maybe he abandons him and then kills him with a bowling pin. Maybe but the- that's a really good point. I mean, uh Howard gives some massive Daniel Day Lewis there will be blood vibes in this. Yeah, I, I I think part of it's also the aesthetic because we're doing like Gilded Age, like, you know, rich assholes. It's like rich, but like- I In mean, tuxedos. It, it goes into Howard. Like, I mean, again, Howard gets, you know, we know he gets, he gets a, you know, little little fucking sick thrill off, off of fucking and just ruining Nestor's life. <laughs> and, you know, combine that with him being like a ruthless businessman and like, man, he's truly ruthless. Like he just like needlessly bankrupted a child. I don't think we have the listenership to ask for this and get it, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> Can somebody draw a short comic, not as long as one of these two pagers, but I just want to see the scene from There Will Be Blood when he finds out the guy is not his brother and shoots him in the head. Um, <laughs> I want to see that scene, but with Howard and like maybe the uh, the policeman in, in this comic. <laughs> or the duck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to see... Uh... <laughs> Man, I mean, I, I, I there's nothing really to really analyze here other than like uh like they've been kind of buddies lately i feel like howard you know howard's still been yeah. fucking with nestor a little bit this and, is uh yeah this is very milk toast it's it's but kind of like the other ones it's back to the you know the classic dynamic though it's like they've been kind of hiding their toxic nature re- recently and they're like it's it's right in the their spot there there's a big spotlight right on their yeah. on their issues here you think somebody with like a strong moral code or maybe like a you know, a, a religious organization got a hold of the comic and is currently writing it. And so that's why we don't get the big, wild inception swings that we used to. <laughs> yeah. Cause I really maybe, miss like, that. This is so they've overly simplified it, but like, I don't know. I mean, Howard's at is, you know, we, you know, he's not going like crazy inception shit right now, but he is at his most ruthless, like, or not most, but like, you know, this is about on par with him at his worst. Yeah, I mean, Nestor's in a bad way at the end of this. Like, I don't think we've ever seen him cry no. in the comic before. I mean, he's in he's in fucking jail. He's crying. He's anguished. He he has nothing. He's destitute. But like, this is just life in the 1890s. This is like totally normal. <laughs> this happened to people all the time in New York. Just going to jail and getting ripped off. Or wait, Monopoly is set in. Is it St. Louis? Where is it? Where are the all those locations? 
Oh, I can't I, remember. I don't know. Oh, is it is Monopoly like set in an area? Yeah. Oh, I always assumed that it was like. Ah, I I never really like put. I never really thought about the locations or. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are. Let's see. Yeah, I remember in high school. Oh, Atlantic City. Oh, it's all in Atlantic. It, Atlantic City is what it's based on. New Jersey. Yeah. We, I was in a business class in high school, and we like played Monopoly, like and did all the, like we would play Monopoly, but like everyone had like a different like social system. Like someone would play the socialist Monopoly yeah. or communist Monopoly. And like, it was kind of okay. just to prove that like, it was, I, like I think it was trying to disprove that like socialism or something like that is like bad, but I like Monopoly is designed but, to be very critical of, um, but I don't know if that's like, like, and like, I don't fully know where I stand on this stuff, but I'm like, come on, you can't just like, make monopoly boring and say socialism is bad. You, you can't, like you, uh, you can't, I, you can in that, public school. That's like if you played uh risk and you said, Oh, you want to play peacetime risk? You want to see how fun peaceful time is? Well, how about you play risk and just don't battle? It's like, you didn't just disprove pieces. <laughs> you, didn't, you just got, got a game and made it boring and told me the other things are wrong. See the, there's that thing where, uh, apparently did you ever play with the house rule that, any money that the game took from a player as a fine got put into a, a thing on the free parking. Yes. Thing. That's not how you're supposed to play it. Oh, okay. Like Monopoly is actually designed to quickly whittle down to one player who owns everything because of that rule. So it's designed to bankrupt. It's, it's way more critical huh, oh. of like real estate barons. Interesting. So it's almost, it almost is anti-capitalist. Exactly. Monopoly is, has a very like specific critique of capitalism, but like we never played it the right way. I never, uh, I I always assumed that it, I thought you were saying it was the other way around, that it was like pro. uh, Apparently the game it was based on was was pro. It was like the more wealth someone has, the better it is for society. It was like the 1890s version of, uh, Uh, Huh, um, like trickle down economics. If we give more money to billionaires, I will be better off, even though I'm not one. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, well, capitalism, you're not able to do monopolies in capitalism, right? Isn't that? You can, but like. It's really hard, though. Well, yeah, because the government wants to, like, break up, because it's bad for competition. Because to, to, yeah, to have a monopoly, there's no competition. Like, yeah, because like this is what's happening with like ride sharing. Because you know we live in LA, and I don't know if you've noticed, but Uber and Lyft have gotten so much more expensive. And it's not just like the recent gas price stuff. It's, yeah, it's because they were funded by VCs, so they were pouring investor money into reducing the cost of their stuff to try to drive taxis and other services out of business. Oh, so man. that once it was just Uber. Then it's like, surprise, everything costs the same as a taxi, but you have no options. Oh, man, that's so sick. It's so messed up. That's fucking nasty. I love the part, though, where we spent like hundreds of millions of dollars of people people's money getting to go to Santa Monica for cheap, though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was great. Going Honestly, downtown for 10 bucks. That was yeah. awesome. But I mean, I'm hoping that like, uh, like I'm glad Lyft exists. That way it's not just Uber. Yeah. Yeah. At least you have the choice between those two. Yeah. So it's better than nothing. <laughs> Because I mean, that's is that what you? I feel like what I do is I'll whenever I go to take a lift. Although I'm trying to do a lot less of it because I don't. Um, but you you just check both prices, and one's usually yeah. substantially lower than the other one, and just take that one. That 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 is true. I've noticed that, and they'll have surges at different times. Totally, like, and it's all it's it's not always just one of them. It's like random. It's like some it'll and it'll be like a twenty dollar difference. 
sometimes. Yeah. Didn't I just see, I think in New York now, Uber allows you to call taxis. So now the taxis <laughs> are just Uber drivers also. Man, so it's all come yeah. full circle. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough to di- dissect all this stuff. One, one man doesn't have enough time. I'm sure it's, it's complicated. Two men, though. Two men. Hey, we can do it here. <laughs> all right. Let's see. The- <laughs> We're so bored of Howard Nestor, we just decided to talk about... <laughs> talk about capitalism and monopolies. <laughs> Fuck Howard. More well, Fuck Nestor too. Fuck both, yeah, both yeah, terrible. Fuck Nestor. Uh, it's the Rocketeer. They really want you to see the Rocketeer. The oh, is movie. that a movie? It, it was. It was a Disney movie from uh, from ninety one. At the time, I really liked it. I like the. Uh, I, I it's steampunk aesthetic, right? Yeah, it's a little maybe, I, maybe I, like diesel punky because it's. Uh, I like steampunk that's like super low, like on the tech, like I like early steam like early tech steampunk. Uh, the Rocketeer has some of the same cachet as a Ghostbuster or a Jedi, I think, for a young boy, where it's just like, you mean he's got a jetpack? So he's got the cool helmet? And it's like, that's kind of awesome. Is it like a steampunk world, or is it just one guy is like a superhero? Is he like a steampunk Iron Man? Uh, it's kind of a steampunk Iron Man. There's an experimental jetpack that uh, okay. the Nazis built in the 1930s. Hey, and uh, through Nazis through a bunch of art. No, maybe it was Howard Hughes. Actually, I'm thinking maybe it's Howard Hughes. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but yeah, it the Nazis want it so they can create you know a jetpack army, which would be a huge problem <laughs> uh, for anybody who faces them, and uh, it falls into the hands of this uh, stunt pilot. Uh, played by Billy Connolly. That is always an interesting thing about the whole Nazi system. Like Nazis, just knowing that they were also like mad scientists. <laughs> and I don't know how yeah. much of that is just like overplayed in movies and stuff, but like uh, it's an interesting like villain aesthetic. Yeah, there, there's the, uh, like in the Wolfenstein games, like the, the yeah. occult, you know, uh, dark art stuff. I haven't played the wolf, but I, I like, um, I'm more thinking like the Captain America movie and oh, it to- yeah, same uh, stuff. The same yeah. There's, there's always some secretive arm of the Nazi regime. that's just <laughs> like, we found a, we found King Tut's tomb. <laughs> We're going to turn him into a gun. Uh, yeah, th- this is totally, uh, there's a lot of, um, it's it's one of those. It's kind of like actually the guy who directed Captain America, the first Avenger, directed the Rocketeer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I actually think my like love for steampunk stuff comes from Studio Ghibli movies. Yes, I think that's where my like core of why I really like this stuff is. Yeah, this has some of the you know there, there's like a there's a huge blimp. There's biplanes. There's yeah. Just I like did, I fucking dig that shit, man. You'd probably like the only thing about the Rocketeer is it uses a type of compositing that has not aged very well, so some of the effects don't look great. Yeah, uh, but there's some dope shit in here. Like, there's a really great. Oh man, you should probably just watch the Rocketeer. I might, I might watch it, dude. I, I got although I got to watch. I've been rewatching the Ghibli movies, which has been. Uh, I mean, awesome. if, you, if you like Captain America, that first one. It's literally the same movie. <laughs> I, the I didn't same like the first. Of- I, I liked the aesthetic once you were like in kind of sci-fi world of early whatever. Uh, yeah, Rocketeer is not that crazy, but it definitely has a guy with a jetpack. <laughs> Although, I, yeah, the game, the game, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't remember the game being very good. Uh, hey, we're we're here at the Nintendo Power Awards. We finally found out what everyone voted for and they 
pretty much voted for the games you thought they would? Yeah, I think they they made the right choices here. Mega Man 3, Super Mario Bros. There's all, all these threes. So many three games are winning. Uh, most innovative goes to Shadowgate. So there's even a bone thrown to us weirdos who want like, yeah. I want my niche uh, dark fantasy adventure game to win a thing. Yeah, it seems to be like a lot of like, um, it seems to be a lot of really good games winning and just kids love those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They cannot get enough they love of them. them. Their favorite bad guy is Shredder, which I agree. Shredder's awesome, right? Shredder's cool. <laughs> he wants to make turtle soup. <laughs> is that what he wants? Yeah, he, that's the uh, the va- that that's the uh, kind of kid friendly of the time way of saying <laughs> I want to murder the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that's funny. That was uh shit. What was I? Um, oh no. Okay, we'll be going into this in the Battle Toads. Okay. Um, okay, I'll talk about this later. But uh, the idea of a children's comic character just clearly just saying I want to fucking murder people is so funny, <laughs> which happens soon. We, we have to. <laughs> yeah, that thing was something else. <laughs> Oh my god, that okay, comic. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, honestly, skip to the comic section of the Battletoads. That's all I want to talk about. But Yeah, we, we um, can... Uh, should we take a break before we go there? Yeah, we should probably... Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing else on this section. Do you? Nope, that's it. Cool. All right, so let's do... <laughs> oh my god. Man, I am psyched for this. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um... Glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Hey, it's me, Pimple, of the Battletoads. Hey, what are you doing in my front door, drunk? What's going on? Hey, you do, do, do you have something to say? You, you listen to my radio show, Pop That Pimple in the Morning, <laughs> K-Rock. Yeah, 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 that's the one where you 1997's like, Southern California where you drive time of the year. Piss off guests. Yeah, yeah, we we had a lot of fun back in the day. <laughs> you, me, and the other listener, <laughs> listeners, me and, the, me and the boys. Why, are, why is there glass shards all over the ground? Yeah, it's, I smashed my <laughs> smashed my bottle of Thunderbird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, well, yeah, what are you, what are you trying to sell me? Uh, Battletoads are going on tour, but uh, it's not important. Never mind. Yeah, I'm actually pretty psyched. All right, uh, let's get back to the guys. All of the licensed comics, because. Yeah, I can't this wait. Actually, I actually had a fun time reading this. We're here at the... We have another comic. Okay. Yeah, we are in a it's brand a, new... It's a Battletoads comic for the first time ever. We get to meet our heroes, Yeah, the um, B-Toads. Uh, okay, so... How do we... This was fucking awesome. Uh, how many pages for, is this thing? It's, it's a lot, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like 10 pages. So, um, what's the best way so to... So, we should probably tip what Battletoads is for the first... Part, it's, right? an, it's, it's just it's like a, a rare it's, created it's Ninja rare. Turtles knockoff that never quite took. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's big muscular toads and it's like a notoriously hard game. Rash, pimple and zits. And it's like a beat em up game. And uh, in my opinion, and you know, we've riffed on this a couple of times. And the battle toads kind of suck. Yeah, and uh, you know I gotta disagree on that, but uh, I, uh, I think they're lame. They, they're like really broy. They're like very like too like yeah. They're trying to they they're trying hard to be cool. Uh, and it's, uh, they try very hard to be cool. And, uh, the comic we're about to read definitely take some liberties with the franchise cause they make a lot of, we'll get into it, but they like a, make a lot of moves that do not happen in the game. Yes. Uh, uh there, there's a lot that, yeah, maybe we can take the plot, uh, maybe you chunks. Start a couple of pages that it, like start, yeah. you know, start in order. So we start with the battle toads. 
slapping some rats, some normal, yes, some classic they, battle toads. And they're all they're on the like, surface of some kind of moon, and they are kicking the shit out of these guys, and they are. They're just fucking slapping them around. And they uh, three-way and, high fives are happening. Yeah, and they're like saying all these like really bad one-liners. Uh, Thanks to my muscles. Kiss my fists. Yeah. Uh, you know, shit like that. And so this is about, right, this is how we expected it to start, right? Yeah, yeah. So page one, it's uh, they, they saved the day, another planet that won't fall prey to the Dark Queen's minions. And then, yeah, do you want to explain what happens on page two? Yeah, so and in page two, they reveal <laughs> that... This is it's uh, the the battle toads are actually being created in some kind of esports arena, and they are actually being controlled by these three dudes these- na- named. Uh, Dave, George, and Morgan. Yeah, and they just like take off their VR headsets, which uh, look like uh, uh, old timey hair dryers yeah. from like a hair salon. They look they're these old like hair timey, yep. big metal helmets. And uh, I gotta say, under one guy, they're these super broy dudes, and one guy is wearing these really almost like Oakley sunglasses under his VR. He was while in VR, he was wearing sunglasses. These look like one-off villains in an Archie comic. Oh, like y- these guys look like dorks. They look, they look like, but a specific kind of like, like a 28 year old dork from 1978. They seem like dorks who are overcompensating, trying to be like really like big bros and cool. Yeah, they they they're it's, it's the way they talk is still like the battle like the battle toads like broy like kiss my fist bro dude nice one uh, uh sick yeah. uh sick that's who these characters are that's them talking yeah, through the battle toads the and these men so we have to so say we're again, in fucking VR we're the, like, we're, these we're, are we're not in human world now these are not toads these are just guys uh, and also <laughs> in in the esports <laughs> arena they are so popular. Uh, yeah, like the, a, there are police surrounding yeah. their their hologram emitter. Yeah, I'm assuming to like prevent like a esports riot from coming happening yeah. and like tearing the, these guys down. Those widely widely reported on esports riots that happen all the time. Okay, so then okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what's great is we've covered like two panels of this page. The, the second page is a dense one. Yeah, and then they introduce that there is a. They say, yeah, there's an evil corporate overlord named Mr. Ziegler. Who they call the rats. Yeah. They're like, oh, the rats are coming. And we see like a big corporate evil guy. And yeah. like this. So they're nasty corporate sponsors. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII, like scientist villain behind him. Yeah, yeah. So there's, yeah, this. He's got <laughs> wilty black hair that's way too long. So he does look like a Final Fantasy villain. <laughs> and, uh, not only does he show up and, uh, you know, he's just like, hey, you know, we, we got to amp it up because the fans demand it. And they're like, fucking whatever, man. And then he leaves and the scientist guy's like, has a thought bubble where he says he wants to murder the three guys. <laughs> yeah. And like, as talking earlier, we were talking about like Shredder, like they find a way to make it cutesy uh, that he wants to just murder the heroes and like malicious. He just says he wants to make like turtle soup. This scientist just blatantly says he wants to. Th- murder three men yeah he's and just like geez they're just game players it's not like they could get killed or anything and then he thinks though i'd like to kill them <laughs> <laughs> incredible maybe the best comic that's ever just, been made man holy crap just the blatant just like what the fuck is again I, I, this I, is not the 
I don't like these three guys. Like, I don't like the three bro Battletoad guys, but they don't need to be killed. It should be like if in the Ninja Turtles movie, like, the turtles, like, take off their helmets <laughs> and the four turtles are actually just the stunt guys who wear the turtle suits and yeah. the story is about them. It and the makes director, no sense. And the director, like, has a gun and is like, man, I can't wait to fucking murder these guys. All right, first of all, what we're describing sounds like a fucking awesome movie. Like, <laughs> no, it sounds incredible. For the, the record, this Bellatoes comic is fucking awesome. I like, Okay, I, okay, okay. I genuinely was like, honestly, like, if you are listening to this, like, I normally would say, like, yeah, honestly, you don't need to read this, this these It's No Power magazines. There's nothing great. You read gotta read this, this comic. comic. Yes, read you gotta this read this comic. comic. It is so good. It's so insane. It's, and, uh... Okay, do we want to keep cracking through this story? Yeah, let's, so, yeah, we, we go to, we <laughs> learned our, our evil um, Final Fantasy villain is named Silas. And, uh, also kind of a Final Fantasy name, and Silas. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in the tradition of uh, other fiction in Nintendo Power, he uses his computer to bring the evil dark queen from Battletoads into the real world. Yeah, who's like the traditional villain of Battle? Like, she's like the yeah. evil, like, space uh warlord and she's like she wears like this little she she wears like skimpy black leather clothes yeah right? there, there's like there's like a uh uh there you know there's a little bit of sex appeal appeal going on here she, she's to- apparently too sexualized for nintendo power though because every time we see her she is covering herself in a red cloak <laughs> oh so, <is> we- <laughs> so we don't it, it, for people who <laughs> Nobody's going to get this reference, but if if you know the Sin franchise, the first person shooter Sin franchise, that <laughs> that's definitely not like the most recent game came out ten years ago. Uh, Alexis Sinclair from the Sin franchise, the Dark Queen, uh, might be sisters. Yeah, she's like uh, just a hot space babe. Yeah, it's like uh, as a, a man, a straight man, absolutely designed this, uh, this <laughs> yes, villain. Absolutely, yeah. uh, a man who likes. Uh, <laughs> paying people to use high heels to like step on him. Yep. 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 So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, 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 that is, that is that it's a bunch it's of a specific uh, kind of, uh, it's a comic company artist. Of only men making a hot girl as the villain. Uh, what is it called when, but it's a specific kind of like, uh, Dom that like uses high heels to like step on testicles. <laughs> we might cut this out. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. This sounds like something you're into. <laughs> Uh, well, if, if, if I was, I would know what it's called and I definitely yeah. don't know what it's called. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, a ball basher. Yeah, sure. Or there's also the, uh, oh, the service where you can pay them to like step on tarantulas, but that's yeah. fucked up. It, she, it does, that, tra- it does that tarantula seem... didn't do nothing. Yeah. Oh, that is kind of sad. That yeah. That's a, uh, oh, there was that movie. Yeah. Enemy. Is it called enemy? The one with, uh. Jake Gyllenhaal playing multiple characters and it's set in Toronto. And then every once in a while, there's just a giant spider in the background. You're like, what the fuck is going on? No, I, I don't know what that is. Anyways, uh, the, yeah, dark, yeah, the, yeah, so, the space babe, some, some dude. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but the interesting thing that happens in this thing <laughs> is, uh, so she zaps her from the video game into real life. And the interesting thing is, he's like, Hey, that's what he's, he's like, I just brought you from video game to real life. And she kind of hints, Hey, this video game world is not a video game. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm real. This is crazy. And like, not in a way where you, they don't like, that kind of sounds like you might think that it's like, oh, she thinks she's real, even though she's clearly a video game character. But that's the way they write it. It's like very clear. It's like, oh, apparently the Battletoads world, that VR world they go into a double twist. is not, it's actually the, it's actually a real world. It's almost, it's like, uh, apparently instead of it being VR, it's like a, they hint 
that there it, where, where they're going to is more real than we're than we understand at this moment. I can't. We are three pages. We're three, they are throwing three, twi- every. It's a twist of page. We've had two. Because remember, one page ago, we got the hey crazy twist. The battle toads aren't real. And then in the next page, they're like, actually, it's real. And just like six panels, they are. It really so is. Page just, one, battle toads are real. Page two, no, they're not. Page three, yes, they yes, are they again. Are. They, yes, they are, but like with an asterisk. Like they're just. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, so then, yeah, let's push it on to episode four. We were back to the bros. Yeah, the fourth page. We're back to the three bros, and they just kind of They got, wear green jumpsuits, they, by the way. <laughs> they wear green jumpsuits. They just look so ridiculous, and they're bro and they just, like, they kind of get goosebumps. Like, they kind of get this feeling. They're like, something's going on. They just kind of kind of yeah. feel in the air that they're going to get, like, murdered. And they're like, reason. we should break into the office of our evil boss. No, and they didn't, like, get this. There's no, like reason of them to be skeptical they just got a feeling they just suddenly yeah. were struck with a feeling that someone's trying to kill them and they need to break into their boss's office i want to know what these guys did before they became battle toads because they're first of all they look like frat bros from the 1960s yeah they uh they they look like the 1950s bully hangers on in Back to the Future, right? Like, like they they look insane. I'm not totally rooting for them not to get killed. Yeah, I <laughs> I want to see these men dead, and I also want to know. I mean, did they work in an oil company? Like, what did they do? I, yeah, like, I don't know how they got in the position because, like, normally, like I feel like these three characters. Or you know, honestly, they got rich. They, you know, they, they, they. You think it's nepotism? Yeah, it's nepotism for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So they're they're all they all have like rich parents and uncles and aunts and stuff. One of their one of their dads is a congressman. It's got there's that that is so glaringly the 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 what's happening here for me. All right, so these these three doofuses uh, <laughs> they break into the Psycone offices, but when they Here's another twist. They keeping them coming. Page four, fourth, fourth curveball. They go into the Alexei's uh, office to find it has already been ransacked and items are already stolen. Yeah, like there's like a there's like literally like a big file that says secret documents. It says <laughs> top secret. It's empty. Yeah, <laughs> that is uh, that is now empty and it's been ransacked. So they're like, oh shit, somebody beat us there. Uh, and they're like, we should check out the games generator. <laughs> and sure enough, it's been borked with and it's, uh, yeah, it's like, so it's it, like, uh, it's sparking and it's like there's sparking. weird shit going on. So they're, and what like, do they decide to do? They decide let's link up. Yeah. Let, let's <laughs> with the malfunctioning VR machine. Let's just jump right back in there. Batman goes down to the bat cave sees that the Batmobile has clearly been tampered with and is sparking and is like, I'm going to climb into the Batmobile and drive it. <laughs> and sure enough, you know what happens. But, you know, honestly, these th- like it, it, I, I feel like I do buy that these three guys, that would be the reaction. I, it does make sense to me. It, it is. A, this is an internally consistent comic from a character standpoint. <laughs> so they put the things on and then they are warped into the alien world and they turn into battle toads they, yeah they're battle toads now and also um now the evil scientist is also in the game with his with the warlord chick yeah yeah so, so the, somehow he found a way in 
So there's like a bunch of guys around. It's it's like an inversion where it's like an evil audience cheering around them, ready to you know destroy them. Yeah. And um, we actually learn on this next page yet another huge curveball that humanizes the Final Fantasy villain, which is that he uh, he he just did what he did because he wanted to be a battle toad. I know he just wanted to be a battle toad, so he wanted to kill. <laughs> he just like he just has some like serious anger issues. He just like wanted to be a battle toad, and the way he was going to do it was by killing the previous battle toads. You know what happened? He was one of the original three battle toads, and then got removed because a congressman pulled some strings in Washington. <laughs> like he's he's angry I because mean, of the nepotism. Because he also, but he built the machine, right? It's that, he, that he built the yeah. battle toads machine, and yeah, instead, and I think maybe when he was building it, he expected I'm going to be the battle toad, but no, some CEO's douchey kid got to be the battle toad. I understand his anger. Maybe not kill him. Yeah, Maybe I wouldn't want to kill him, but I understand that. that he's on there. summer break from an Ivy League college, perhaps Harvard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he also got into Harvard because he was uh, is like the grandfather clause or whatever because his dad bought his way in. So yeah. he gets to go too. Uh, his dad paid to go, you know, to get into Harvard. That's what, they that's bribed, and, bribed a judge. And, and then he got There's in no because his dad are... got to go. So he, yeah, so this is just uh, the the crushing reality of generational wealth turned this man evil. Yeah, I get it. And like, and maybe um, he's a little stabby, but you know. And well, like, and what's frustrating too is like, yeah, it's like, and like that kid when he went to Harvard, there's no way he was getting good grades. Like that all had to be paid off too. These kids are fucking doofuses. Yeah, uh, this guy worked you know three he, jobs while he was putting himself through through uh, you know science science community college. And just like that, all of his work was given to someone who didn't deserve it. Again, yeah, the, these, I get it. This guy and two of his frat brothers. I can't remember, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> did, did, does she mention in this that they are now stuck? Isn't there like a twist where they're stuck in the VR now? They say like you can't escape. Yeah, so she fleshes out what she has hinted at with Silas, which is that like um, I was the one who was secretly behind everything, and now you're trapped in my world. It's a gateway, and uh, yeah. So she confirms this is like a whole this this VR machine. They thought they invented VR, but what they invented was actually a gateway portal to another world. Yeah, yeah. So she was the one that that. Obviously, she stole the files and tampered with the machine. Yeah. This is her idea. And uh, now they're trapped there, and a bunch of the rats uh, rush the Battletoads, and there's a massive battle. And it looks like they're going to lose. But here, you want to. Okay. Before we. Be, okay. I, I do want to get into that, but I do want to also bring up. Okay. So the scientist guy who I'm starting to like again. Yeah, he, he, never, he really redeemed himself. He, rede- he felt bad, but also he thought, I want to kill them. He didn't try to kill them, right? I think I, yeah. I, I've had moments where I've been like, man, I, I want to fucking kill. Like, not maybe not re- really. Wait, what? But like, I'm just kidding. No, it, I have those thoughts too. Yeah. yeah so like. Thoughts just he, happen. He, like, yeah. again, he's not, he's just a guy who was frustrated and was mad at someone. He, we don't, we didn't actually see him try to kill these battle tuts. I think he's a redeemable character. We see, we'll see what happens. I mean, he did bring the evil queen. He did, yeah, into their world, allowing all of this to. But you know, like that's a, that's I don't a human he's, mistake. He's not irredeemable yet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. But okay, so what happens? There, there's this big battle. Three ropes come down from this gigantic spaceship. Yeah, a bird-shaped spaceship. Which, if you're a fan of the Battletoads franchise, which I'm not, but I recognize the ship. Yeah, uh, you'll recognize the ship. Uh, and they get on this ropes and they shoot up and they meet up with someone called Professor T. Bird. Yes. Uh, they're, they're, 
the bird friend, the guy who talks to them over the radio while yeah. they do the fighting and infiltrating. So yeah, some random bird scientist saves them from this thing, and it's kind of like, hey, I'm the good guy now, you're with me. Yeah. Um, one guy, I, I think I misread this, but one guy I think immediately called the bird a babe. Uh, Wait, uh, what? Uh, uh, yeah, the word bubbles in, a, in one panel are out of order, but the bird admits that he was in love with the Dark Queen. So he was, And then this one guy's like, yeah, I, w- I want her to step on me too. And, <laughs> yeah, one of the toads agrees with him. Yeah, so I, I, but at first I thought they were calling, I thought the toads immediately just thought the bird was really hot. I misread <laughs> it and I was like, so on board. I'm like, okay, I don't know why, but these toads think this scientist bird is like a total babe. <laughs> and I thought it was awesome. But it turns out they were just talking about the, uh, the babe chick, of course. Yeah, that's. Honestly, I'm really bummed I know, now, now dude, that you've... In my head, I think I'm just going to start building a, 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 a my own lore here that one of the toads really thinks yeah, Professor T-Bird is Sexually the attracted to Professor T-Bird. <laughs> one of the frat bros. He, you know, he, he's had these thoughts for a long time, but he would never uh, be that vulnerable in front of his bros. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd hit that babe, whatever. But secretly, he's like, you know, I wish a bird was like a person. <laughs> Yeah, I really so, want to be in a relationship with a bird scientist, <laughs> and that's canon. And uh, <laughs> so now they're kind of like uh, the Professor T Bird. Just kind of, he also kind of has a Doctor Light vibe. A, yeah, he's very uh, Doctor Lighty. He's uh, like, we got to get out of here. We're being attacked. Yeah, he's kind of the good guy scientist person who's like, okay, you work for me. I understand this space world. This alien chick is bad. We're in a spaceship. Let me get you out of here. Uh, and that's kind of the crew. That's it. And then they yeah. end on that. And that's kind of like, hey, uh, tune in for the next issue, which will start happening in these Nintendo Power magazines, which I'm mega psyched for. Fucking wait. I am so psyched oh, man. for. I'm like genuinely. This, this. I don't know if it's because Howard Nestor brought my comic book expectations so low, but I am so jazzed for this story to continue. This comic screams with insanity and it, i i i just i love it i think it goes back to that nestor and howard uh uh inception shit yeah it's but like the early act- stuff but they're actually doing that like we that was all obviously us kind of like reading into it but they're actually doing all that crazy fucking shit in this okay i have a i have a question for you yeah which do you think was the better insane nintendo power fiction <laughs> twist that uh, Captain Nintendo kills Ganon with a letter opener, <laughs> or that one of the Battletoads is sexually attracted to a bird scientist. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta say, attracted to a bird scientist. I don't know if there's recency bias there, but uh, I, I gotta Fair. give a shout out, shout out to Captain N for that letter opener kill. Though. <laughs> I wonder if the Captain N, if that, if that book was a comic book, if it was a comic book instead of a written essay i wonder if it would have been better i would have i wonder if it would have been a hit i want to see an anthology that just collects all the insane stuff man this this comic was a wild fucking ride this is really like this the ducktales howard and nestor and uh captain nintendo (laughs) those need to be in a book that people can buy yeah that was that was amazing i uh i gotta say as much as i don't care about howard nestor i i'm back i'm back i love comic books again this is uh this is incredible like i i cannot all right, yeah, I guess we'll just next issue we'll we'll we'll, we'll go on to more Battletoads action. I I got to say I still think the Battletoads are super lame. Really? This didn't turn you? No. I mean, the characters are They're like, literally like in in the comic <laughs> it's these three idiots. Yeah, you're they're, right. They're, 
We still don't know anything about the battle. Tones. Yeah, like it almost. Uh, Except one of them likes the bird. It almost feels like they threw all these ideas out because they're like, look, nobody's going to like these shitty Battletoads who are just bro and we got to do all this crazy shit to get people on board. It honestly meshes with the Battletoads franchise because the games, they tried everything. They put the first game out on Nintendo, uh, yeah. you know, on, on NES, and they're just like, you know, and the game is well regarded, but tell me one detail about one Battletoad. You can't do it because they don't have any character. And then, so they have this comic where it's like, what yeah. if instead of Battletoads, it's actually just these three <laughs> Ivy League dipshits? Uh, and it's like, it's still, it still didn't catch. So they did the arcade game where it's like, what if we made it like really bloody and violent? Yes. And then they're like, what if we put Bimmy and Jimmy, the double dragons in a game with them? And it still didn't the work. Battletoads are all over the place. I actually played the newest one. It was kind of fun. Like it actually a bunch of Channel 101 people who wrote on it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Um, okay. And it's funny, but it, there's, it's still like, um, yeah, there's just not like, I mean, also, but I, I mean, I never watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't really know, but I know they're like, they really spend a lot of time thinking about the dynamics, right? Like one guy's smart, one guy, like there is like yeah, clear the, the, the Ninja qualities. Turtles are leader, smart, fun, and asshole. Those yeah. are the personality traits. And the Balatos are asshole, asshole, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> And not and, and like uh, try hard, like really lame. Just like what a bunch of losers, man. They're wearing like Ed Hardy everything. <laughs> like the sunglasses don't work. The spike bracelets don't work. I'm re- I'm ready for more though. Uh, All right, yeah. But let's go into the classified information for now. Unless you got anything else. Uh, no, I'm good. I don't really have anything for classified info. No, I as usual. I don't have anything for Lone Ranger. Nope. Uh, we are here at the. Where's the. Centerfold. Yeah. Tailspin. Yeah, another poster. Uh, Tailspin. Some, some planes. I, I don't know what this is. Uh, it's another <laughs> Disney afternoon show like uh, Rescue Rangers or DuckTales. Hey, there we go. Uh, what they did for this one is they took uh, Blue from the Jungle Book, the bear. And made a bunch of bear friends and put them in a steampunky sky pirates show. What? That's literally what Tailspin is. Holy shit. So much like where Rescue Rangers took the chipmunks and <laughs> made them Blue. Indiana Jones wow. and Burt Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> our Magna P.I. is Tom Selleck. Did I? So they, they was that like a thing they were doing for a while where they're just grabbing all these like yeah, totally. characters and giving them like crazy ass TV shows? Yeah, that's because DuckTales, which is, you know, the best known of the bunch did that. But then you had like... Gummy Bears yeah, was like this fantasy are, setting. The DuckTales are like all related to Donald or... It's Hue- Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So the nephews and then Scrooge. And they're related to Donald Duck, right? They're the- yeah, they're, they're Donald Duck's nephews. Okay, got it. And then they also had one called Darkwing Duck, which had Launchpad in it. But it was like the shadow, mm-hmm. but a duck in a duck city called St. Canard. Man, that's... It's interesting... Uh, Spinoff shows are just interesting in nature. Like uh, this era of Disney is wild. Yeah, like Disney in the eighties and nineties choices. Now they're kind of boring because it's just like, hey, you know what? People love Star Wars. We yeah, bought it. I'm I'm really bored of Disney, honestly. Yeah, I'll go back to these olden days. <laughs> this is way back when uh, they clearly were making decisions that don't equal rule the world. <laughs> One silver lining of modern Disney is they did do that new Ducktales show, which you which you like. Uh, I do like it. And a lot of like really 
cool people worked on it. And they also made other Disney afternoon par- parts of the DuckTales expanded universe. So like okay. the, the gummy juice from gummy bears is part of a story and Scrooge McDuck was a spy in the, <laughs> for some reason okay. when he was younger. It's, and they took the music from the video game and made it part of the show. So they've, they've still got some stuff going on. I, I haven't really, I've just kind of anything that's kind of those like honest to God, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney stuff. I am just, the vents are shut for me. I just don't care anymore. And I know that's not the hot, that's a pretty common take for people, but just being an iconoclast. What? Uh, an iconoclast is somebody who just says the opposite of what everybody says. I don't know. I mean, I think it's more that I just don't like shit that's completely predictable. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. I like the Disney plus TV shows, although they do have a certain, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched Moon Knight or, uh, the Boba Fett show. Man, I, 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 I liked uh, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, cool. and I like um, that show was really good. Yeah, okay, there are little specs of what I like, but the vast majority, like I like the Mandalorian. I like uh, Thor Ragnarok was awesome. Yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, uh, the Marvel Guardians show, of the shows Galaxy, have been good. Yeah, I really like. I haven't seen the Marvel shows though, but I heard. Yeah, I've heard they're cool. WandaVision's really weird, and then uh, I was surprised at how much I liked Loki. Okay. Loki was, because I don't like Loki as a character that much. Yeah, I'm just bored. It's, it's like he just, he pops up so much. Yeah, but they, they did, I, I never understood the appeal, um, probably because I don't find Tom Hiddleston attractive. That's probably the reason. <laughs> but the show does fun stuff with a character that's kind of one note, because it, it really pulls the, you know, it's like, you remember Game of Thrones where they took Jamie and chopped his hand off? Yeah. And it like makes the character interesting. Oh, totally. Yeah. The Loki show is kind of like that for Loki. Huh. Where it's like, let's just take away his ability to get whatever he wants. What's he like then? Cool. I'm in for that. Anyways. Game Boy. I don't want to. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, This dungeon crawler Game Boy game looks cool. It's one of those first person, you're in a maze, it's got fantasy (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was like uh, that. It's it's very nostalgic, that kind of look. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, nothing, there's nothing going nothing, on nothing. Game Boy stuff. Lolo 3. Uh, nothing. It's a puzzle game. It's that's, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, top 30. Hey! It's pretty, like, we're pretty much, like, hitting a... I mean, there's a lot of good games in the mix right now. We're like, at the... Yeah, we're at the end of the NES's life. We're getting close to the end here, so there's kind of, uh... Almost no new games. I guess DuckTales is new on here, but yeah. it's like number 26. Kind of all the classics just kind of sticking at the top. We got Yeah, yeah like, but Double Dragon 2 came out a long time ago, so I don't really understand how they're considering that new. I think they had to change their... So what I'm talking about is they, they have a color for each of the, the places to show whether or not it's a new game yeah. or if it's jumped a bunch of spots or if it's a classic. And at this point, it's all classic games. Yeah, it's 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 just... Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, do you want to do the top five of it? Or? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we got at five, we got Dr. Mario. Hey. Uh, great. Number four, Final Fantasy. All Number right. three, Mega Man 3. Yeah. Number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Yeah. Number one, Mario Bros. 3. Sing oh, it. it's been weird. For 15 months in a row. It's 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 slowly, it's almost not at number one. It's, the, it's not like destroying everyone else in points. It does feel like it's settled now where if you look at the top 30 games, it's like just about the 30 best games on NES. Oh, totally. Yeah. With it, the exception of like The Simpsons, which is new. It's Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, the way this, I think we've talked about this before, but the way it works is just whenever a new game comes out, if it's got a lot of hype or a lot of good like marketing, it shoots way up. 
but it's the good games that stay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we Is got it- a great celebrity profile on Alex Winter. Alex, the Alex Winter. Uh, Alex I follow Winter him on Twitter. From, Maybe he'll come on the podcast. From Bill and Ted. Oh, shit. Ted's, we should try to get Alex Winter on the podcast. I, I, I don't think that would be impossible. That would not be impossible. Uh, from Bill and Ted fame. I, I think I think that's it. Uh, they talk about Bill and Ted. Uh, do you like the movie Bill and Ted Ex, uh, Excellent Adventure? Absolutely. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But yeah, th- this one came out after Bill and Ted 1 was a huge hit, but before the second one. Uh, uh, came out. Yeah, so Bogus Journey would be the second. Right. Um, I never saw the third. Yeah, Based I haven't seen it either. Um, I, I love the idea that they have daughters who are exactly like them. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I've seen only the first two, but uh, I didn't know that excellent event. It's interesting. Like, it's always interesting hearing people talk about it. It's usually like the actors talking about it that they were, and they were always like, like, this is how Star Wars was, where they were like, I was not expecting this to do well at all. Yeah. Uh, and with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, you, Alex Guinness thought Star Wars was a big pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and and to his credit, Alex Winter mentions he's, he was, and this kind of makes sense. He was like, I thought it would do good because it's like a fun movie, but I was not picturing it being this smash hit. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't really, and I honestly didn't know it was like a smash hit, but apparently like it just slayed the box office. It was a big deal at the time. Because for me, it was like a great childhood movie that i watched but i didn't know that it was like rail in the box offices when it was out i was like george carlin plays uh what's his face the guy who gives him the phone booth yeah like the future guy yeah uh <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> i need a, to watch this movie again oh dude it's really i i've rewatched it uh as an adult and it does hold up it's a very fun movie yeah i haven't met Keanu Reeves or Alex Winter. I have met Ed Solomon, who wrote this. Oh, cool. And uh, also Men in Black and a bunch of other things. He wrote all three of the movies, I think. Nice. That's a pretty good track record. Yeah. He's a, he's very funny. Just a fun movie. Yeah. And that's it. I also, he talked about a, a, a show he was working on that he was excited about called Idiot Box. It's like a sketch show. Yeah. he. Uh, I've never heard of that show. I think it came and went. It I was going to be on MTV. And, uh, Is it not good? Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. It felt like, um, you know how like when someone first starts writing sketch and they want to be my Monty Python, but they oh, don't no. have the ability yet? Yeah. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah, they're going for the hits without understanding how Monty Python arrived at the comedy they were doing. Yep. So it was like everything they did was mega big and really subversive and stuff, but it was just, that's all they did. So it was all, it was just nonsense. I'm trying to remember, there's got to be like a really bad 90s sketch show that I watched. Because I watched the Ben Stiller show. I watched... The ben, state. Ben Stiller was good though. Right? Yeah, that was a good show. And the state was good. And the state was good. Um, they're not like as I don't know how well it holds up. They're not but the that's, holy. I mean, I, I I watched it a little bit as an adult. Like it's not as good balls or people. It's not as good as the like best, but it's good. It's, it's a good show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's no kids in the hall. Kids no in the hall is like. Yeah, for me it'd be Mr. Show or Monty Python. Mr. Show's yeah, is, really is, is the tops. I still can't get or over Dave, uh, uh, Ch- Chappelle show. Oh, Chappelle shows, yeah. Actually, yeah, of those Chappelle shows, probably my favorite. I'd say those are probably my f- three favorite. The uh, the Rick James, the uh, Charlie Murphy stories, like, yeah. are some of the funniest things I've ever seen. And like, I just forget how cle- like uh, <laughs> there's just the show, like the writing's so good in it. The oh, man, yeah, that show's real good. <laughs> All right, well, Alex Winter, come on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, after sorry about. Tell us music if class. Uh, if Nintendo rewrote you in your interview. <laughs> Because we know they do it. 
players pull content. Uh, yeah. We can pay homage to uh, Bruce Willis, <laughs> who at the time of this recording, uh, we, word just came out he's retiring because yeah. he has aphasia, I believe. Yeah, that's super sad. It's super sad. I love Bruce Willis. But yeah, this is a Hudson Hawk players poll contest. This is famously like the quote unquote bad Bruce Willis movie for a long time. Oh, really? But apparently public opinion on Hudson Hawk has softened and it's a a better movie than perhaps people thought at the time. But yes, this is a, you don't get to go to the set or meet Bruce Willis. They just do a Hudson Hawk themed Uh, scavenger hunt in your hometown. Yeah. Although like, and like, this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm sure it's disappointing. Like I bet it's not as fun as it sounds. Uh, Sounds kind of lame, but as a kid, no, but honestly, like if I was a kid and saw this, I would not, my expectations would be so unreal. And I'd think it would be, I'd have, my expectations would be through the roof on how cool it would be. Oh, you, this just reminded me. Yeah, it. I'm sure as a kid it would be enjoyable. And the second prize is cool, too. They basically pay for you and friends to go see Hudson Hawk in theaters. Yeah. And they let you get as many snacks as you want, which, all right. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I, they make you, for, you get all the snacks you want, but you get them at the drugstore and have to carry them in in a backpack. I mean, honestly, I like, I went to this, I remember I went to this, like, uh, I think it was like called like nickel night at a bowling alley and it was like everything cost a nickel. Wow. Uh, and boy, was it disappointing. Uh, I was like, everything's a nickel that day. And like, there's a massive entry fee just to oh, get Everything's in. a nickel, but it's $10 yeah, to get in. Or yeah. Like it's like a massive entry fee. And I literally spent a nickel on a drink and they literally put a drop of soda in a Dixie cup and gave it to me. Oh, those assholes. Uh, I don't know. It's like a hot dog cut into eighths. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. Like, uh, and they gave me a hot dog, and they just didn't bother to cook it. It's a slice of pizza that's one of those slivers <laughs> from like a, a book fair or something. Yeah, I just like I feel like whenever whenever something's too good to be true, I think I think it is. Uh, I'm glad we're here because I realized we missed something in the mailbox I wanted to bring up, which is that they solicited readers to tell them what they should do for the players poll contests, which when you see what this one is, it's like, okay, they are clearly out of ideas. <laughs> they need our help. So Brett, my question that I think we should answer is uh, what's your ideal players poll contest prize? What would be a really cool prize? Yeah. Honestly, uh, as a kid, uh, if I could see a bunch of like betas of games that weren't out yet. Oh, hell Yeah. I think that'd be sick. Which they did. They did that. So they did that. Yeah, because they they had the kids that went to Nintendo of America HQ. Yeah, if, but if it was like for like some big game. Oh, they like, also like had if that. I, if I was a kid and got to go see Breath of the Wild two right now. Oh man, uh, whatever the fuck that is. Then yeah, that'd be awesome. You find you you, you find out they haven't started working on it. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, actually, like it, that one was Nintendo. Because like, I wouldn't want to go to a thing and just be like. Oh, I just saw the Call of Duty, you know, like I would, yeah. would need, but if it was like the same way, it's like, oh, you're going to the RoboCop set. If it was like, oh, you're going to the office where they're making Zelda games, that would be sick. Yeah. They've done a couple of contests like that. I probably would have loved uh, going to the trade show, going to CES, even though yeah. I, I don't like trade shows because I don't like working them as an adult. But yeah. as a kid, I would be like, this is amazing. Look at all these games. And you think it would have been like a magical. So would that be your answer as your, as your, as your, ask for for it or uh that's a good point like me as a kid i think i really would have loved the uh oh but, but we don't want to do one that they've already done it's like a let's let's say like a lock-in a laser tag thing or something that's themed around a game that'd be cool yeah I mean, laser, laser tag 
Yeah, and then they they you get like a laser like tag kit a little, to take home. I think if we're talking we're talking number one prize, you can get a little more ambitious than laser tag. Oh yeah, but you get to you have, play laser tag with RoboCop. Yeah, they make Peter Weller come play laser tag with you. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, you've won me over. You, you've talked me into uh, into that one, like a uh, like a sibling. Uh, attempting to manipulate the other sibling into <laughs> choosing what they want to do. Uh, that's not what I would want, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like laser tag, but I, I don't care about RoboCop because I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So for RoboCop 3, the knockoff guy that replaces Peter Weller uh, comes and plays laser tag with me in a lock in. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, <laughs> And then I get like take home laser tag stuff. Getting, honestly, getting just to freaking smack Howard right in the face. <laughs> I get one slap on <laughs> Howard Phillips. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're here at Counselor's Corner, and um, do you think the counselor's job sucks? I think it's a lot less fun than it sounds. Yeah, yeah. that's it's kind of like getting you know that TV writing gig that everybody yearns for. It's like, I don't know if you want that as bad as you think you do. Yeah, and like I bet there's a lot of like talking to kids who are like screaming yeah. and frustrated, and I'm sure that's hard to deal with. I bet it's not a great job. <laughs> it's probably... Or it's probably okay. I, I think you'd actually probably need to genuinely have like... Uh, you'd have to be a person who... I feel like... This is, again, this is just assumption, but I feel like you would need to be a person who doesn't love video games. I don't think that's what would make you like it. I think you need to be a person who loves helping and servicing people. Yeah, because like, it is a service job. Yeah, you need to be someone who's really patient and like enjoys like being like, oh, I just helped a kid solve a thing. That feels good. Dude, you know, they definitely got regular calls from adults that were strange <laughs> yeah just when, heavy breathing when i worked at that call center i've told the monster truck story yeah. but i did not tell the story about the um there's this irish grandmother who would call and just wanted to talk to me for like <laughs> an hour at a time and honestly that's not bad yeah she was really nice and and you know or, or maybe she was scottish she'd be like yeah she just wanted to call and chat and would ask questions because they also sold like music boxes. Yeah. So I'd go to the music box showroom and answer questions. But honestly, I don't know. She was dealing with stuff. She had like her grandkid was really sick. Okay. This is not a funny story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the least. Uh, yeah. But yes, you know, but it, it we, we got to make this humorous. Awkward for you to be this in this position. Same, it's the same thing the last time I brought up that job because the, the, the monster truck guy is kind of a bummer when we were talking about it. We it, had to make that it funny. Would, that would have had a funny angle to it. But it, it is interesting like having a person just want to talk in those. like Yeah. Sad world. Some lonely people out there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking the game counselors, there's probably like the fun I, version of that too. I've been like that before. Like I feel like in quarantine at the worst when I was really like not talking to anyone, like mm-hmm. just massive isolation and quarantine. I feel like every time I talked to my landlord, I would like talk to them for too long. And I'd be like, really? I'd be like oh, what am I doing? <laughs> like I'm being way too like conversational oh, interesting. Uh, than I normally would be. Cause I just needed to talk to someone. Yeah. I don't know. Calling the game counselors was not free unless it was a local call. So there's yeah. maybe somebody in the Seattle area where it's like, Oh, Bill is calling. It's Bill from Bill and Ted. He wants to ask about, um, ultimate quest of the avatar <laughs> ask about there we go castlevania 2 all right what do we got we got now playing okay a lot of games the first one did kind of stick out at me a little bit it's a, uh, it's I, a dart game i was gonna play it but i ended up not playing it uh because i didn't magic I darts it's called magic darts it's just a game where you're playing darts 
But from the character select screen, you can be a professional dart thrower or a monkey or a robot. We got to try this game. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I would. I, it, it piqued my curiosity at the very least. Wait, I remember this game from... I must have... You played Magic Darts before? No, I read about it in Nintendo Power. Oh, yes. Because the robot can telescope out and like basically throw the dart from like a foot in front of the board. <laughs> you can actually see it in the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that little thumbnail. Yeah, that, ro- that robot cheats at darts. <laughs> that's fun. I, I, yeah, any like weird sport. Like, that's, I like the Mario sport games. Like, I like it when you add fantasy to a, an obs- some just sport. It just kind of makes it fun for me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I love wind jammers. Yeah. Which is, you know. Kind of superheroes. Dragon Ball Frisbee game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have the words. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're playing a video game, like, I just don't understand. And I, well, if you're playing a video game, just, we're in the video game world. I'd, if we're playing a sport, I want it to be crazy. Yeah, before I swing at the ball, or, like, Baseball Simulator 1000, which has, like, you can throw a ball that is on fire and, you know. Uh, speaking of old sketch comedy, Upright Citizens Brigade's yeah. Thunderball episode. <laughs> which, honestly, my favorite part about Thunderball, which is, like, a crazy version of baseball that they made up. They had, like, for what? Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, like the the show, yeah. ha- had an episode about Thunderball, which is like insane baseball. But the best part about Thunderball is just reading the rules. <laughs> it's not the episode. The episode's not as good as just the rules of, you know, like the idea that uh, the pitcher gets three porcelain balls a game. <laughs> so when you hit the ball, it blinds you. <laughs> and there's a number of targets that the, uh, the runner can throw their bat at for extra runs. There's uh, the honeys and hounds rule. See, I, I love the joke so much. I remembered all this that, stuff. That's fun. Yeah, but it, I, I could see that being more fun on paper than seeing it play out. Like, that's fun. There's a drunk guy driving a, an old used car around the field that can interfere with play. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderball was awesome. I'm interested. I might want to watch that. That sounds funny. Uh, yeah. So if this dart game was like Thunderball tier, I yeah. very much want to try it. I'm in. Uh, Wampum, I've never heard of before. This is another game. It's a platformer. It looks, I don't know. It. I don't have anything else to say about it. I yeah. just can't believe it's called Wampum. It's called Wampum. I, a fun name. It's so generic. Wampum. Do you womp things in it? I guess you would. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Packwatch is also a little like low for me on this as well. Nothing. The only thing here is they got more SNES games, one of which is a golf game, yeah. which is a mean thing to do to a child. Yeah. Like, hey, the Super Nintendo's coming out. Check out this golf game. It would be like if the only games covered in here were like Draken Populous and like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, hey, here's a game where you can uh, build a civilization. And this poor kid is like, no. I think we're a couple issues away from Mario Bros. coming out. It's the end of this year, so we got yeah. like what four or five issues. Yeah, we're getting there. I'm I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, that's I think that's that's, that's pretty magazine. much it. Hey, whoa. hey, look at that! We made a little. We made it. All right. Uh, should we? Do we want to still do the Howard and Nestor out of ten? I mean, there's only two uh, more issues. Should we? Should we? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we should do it for old times' sake, or should we rate the Battletoads? I feel like we should give the Battletoads as a group the rating. Like we should rate the Battletoads comic, or yeah, yeah, just the just the comic in general. We could rate, <laughs> we could rate the game Monopoly and the game Battletoads. Yeah, I'm in for that. Okay, let's do that. Um, 
I actually like Monopoly. I know people give it a hard time because it's like really long, but I always have a lot of fun. I always remember there's always moments like at a certain point where my brain really clicks and I'm like, okay, what are the deals I can make? And I get really into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I would give Monopoly an eight out of 10. Okay. And I will give Battletoads. Um, I've never played it, um, but I like that there's a lot of mini games in it. Actually, yeah. I, have, I have played the first couple levels of it, but it's too, I've never, I've, I've never gotten very far in it. So I'll, I'll give it like a six out of 10. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give Monopoly. Are we talking the NES game? Oh, oh, oh shit. That, that, I would not give that an eight. I would give that like a four. I hate game boards on video games. I'd, I'd maybe even give it like a two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I, there are other NES tapes I would want less, but sure. there's many that I would rather play. So, no, well, I would never play Monopoly on the NES because I would just play Monopoly on the real life. This is, you know, like podcast guest Kyle, his his brother Kirk, like play that game way too much. Like we made sketches about it. Like, <laughs> no, really? You played the Monopoly? Yeah, NES yeah. Game? He had that on wow. NES, and like that's the game he wanted to. <laughs> it was, it's it's like a much like I want to play janky roguelikes like Noita. Yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would want to, I all, all, all I wanted to do as a kid was play Mario Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah very similar. So, yeah, that NES Monopoly, I, I will give it a two uh, <laughs> in, in celebration of, of your, because I don't want to play that game. Uh, and then the Battletoads game, honestly, I don't like it that much, and I've, I'm famously critical of the you, Battletoads' you, as people. Yeah, you've been pretty forward about that. Uh, I'm going to give the Battletoads a four. <laughs> okay, there we uh, go. I, the comic is a ten out of ten. Though. <laughs> Dude, I love that comic was awesome. All Holy right. smokes! All right, uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Do we got any other business we gotta do? I guess we should do the theme. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, give it five stars. Rate and review us. Give us five stars. Five stars. Give us <laughs> one for each of the battle toads, the bird, and the queen. Come, <laughs> come on, do it for the battle toads. <laughs> do it for the toads. Apostrophe toads, right? <laughs> Better be a five star. <laughs> Uh, you know which Battletoads a five out of five? Uh, which one? None of them. I don't. I I, I don't know the name. Pimple. <laughs> the now you're playing with podcast podcast is brought to you by the podcast power players power team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyoureplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>